to Jake's Review Corner, the podcast where amateur fans voice their opinions on movies, TV, and anything pop culture from blockbuster hits to trashy cult classics. My name is Jacob Daniel, and guys, it has been a minute since we have done a podcast. I know what you're thinking. Jake, where have you been? Jake, have you had explosive diarrhea? Jake, what happened to your laptop? And I'm willing to answer a couple of those questions. In fact, I'll answer all of them. Uh, yes, I did have explosive diarrhea. Uh, yes, my laptop did break. Yes, I did buy a new laptop. And boom, we're back to doing podcasts. I want to thank all five of my fans out there. You know, don't worry, guys. I'm back. And we're better and ready than ever. You see, America has become struck in with Morbius sweep. The Morbius fever is taking over the country. This is going to be the movie that makes a trillion dollars at the box office. Jared Leto is an American genius. He is cinema. And that is the like biggest amount of bullshit I've ever said in my life. I want to welcome a very special guest onto the show today. He is the number one martini host in America doing movie reviews. I want to give it up to uh, Brandon Johnston. Hey, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Long-time listener, first-time guest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was. we kept going over like different ways to get me on the show. It was going to be Spider-Man, then we were going to do a year-in-review episode. And I'm glad everything kind of just, you and your diarrhea and your laptop kind of just setting all that aside so we could get to the one movie that really matters this year, and that is Morbius 2022. Literally. I mean, this this movie is cinema. That's I, That's all I can say. Like, delayed release times, a plot that shouldn't have ever, like, been adapted, and now just... Like my explosive diarrhea, we have a movie that is literally explosive diarrhea. I'd say that's fairly accurate. But before I get the Mobius, I want to, you know, I want to go back to you, Brandon. You know, fun fun fact, you know, we went to high school together. We weren't really close friends, but you were actually my eagle. And mm-hmm. I did cross country, and I was one of the only, I didn't join my freshman year. I did it my sophomore year because a mutual friend of ours, Dylan Simpson, convinced me to do anything. And I'll never forget when it was actually Coach Howard, like, brought me over, and you're like, yeah, like, these are your two eaglets. And I strictly remember you looking at him just kind of like, isn't this kid like a sophomore? Well, okay. Well, here's the thing was uh, I I wasn't giving you a look that was just like, oh, why am I now mentoring this newbie? Uh, It was mainly because I was given two eaglets when everyone else had one. You remember who my other eaglet was? It, yeah, fun fact, it's actually Jeremy Loudon. He's been on the show a couple of times now. Yes, yeah. So, uh, I mean, like, I was just kind of just a middle-of-the-road kind of floating between varsity JV runner. I didn't really know, like, how to be a mentor, and the fact that they were giving me two kids, uh, yeah, I, I was a little intimidated uh, by you in, like, just what, what am I going to, am I going to be a role model? Am I going to change this kid's life? Just like, am I shaping his future right here, right now? You found out I was dyslexic and could have do a backflip and you're like, ah, there's no helping this kid. <laughs> Honestly, it's pretty much what gave me comfort. 
that it was like, I don't have to pressure myself. I don't have to stay up late at night. He's going to be okay. He's got that backflip. Because really, <laughs> that's all that really matters. It's honestly a shame that we didn't become closer in high school because we have so many general, like, common interests with mm-hmm. film and movie reviews. Yeah. And, you know, explosive yeah. diarrhea, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, it's, it's on my list. Yeah, I've been meaning to get back into it, honestly, the explosive diarrhea. So going into you, man, I mean, you have a nice history with film. Uh, you went to college for film, right? And then uh, you worked on a couple, like, TV shows and movies. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I went to Georgia College down in Milledgeville, and I technically got my degree in mass communication because I learned early on that getting a film degree is stupid. Because if you do not basically get that job in there, then you can't really use that degree for anything else. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't want to say it's stupid. Obviously, it can get you into, like, certain doors that other degrees can't get you in. But the way I was looking at it was like, okay, I'm going to center my focus on film production. And if I can't get in there, then I can at least use that for broadcasts, social media, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I studied uh, production in college, um, made a couple short films, wrote, directed, kind of did the whole nine yards, every kind of position you can think of. Um, and I eventually took a class with the Georgia Film Academy, which was just starting out at the time. They had just opened up classes to, I think, only five colleges in the state of Georgia. And one, my college happened to be one of them, so I took that class. They were able to get me a internship with the Watchmen television series, uh, and that pretty much kind of kickstarted my uh, not super long uh, career in film. There was a little bit of downtime because of COVID, and I moved to a completely other state. Um, but yeah, I worked in locations for a while, and uh, not anymore, and I couldn't be happier, honestly. Yeah, but how about you talk about like what you're doing now, because what you're doing now is pretty cool, in my opinion. You're obviously the host of a very successful, soon-to-be very popular drink show. You want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I have this little show on YouTube and other social media platforms called The Martini Shot. It's basically a show where I review movies and then I show you how to make a cocktail that is inspired by the movie. This can either be a pre-existing cocktail that fits with the theme or the aesthetic of the movie, or more often than not, it's a original cocktail I come up with myself. Um, It's an idea that I had at the very beginning of COVID. Um, I was actually working at a restaurant, a little place called the Alamo Draft House, if you've ever you know dude i've heard about it i want to go there so bad they are incredible if you are a movie lover and you are anywhere near an alamo draft house i cannot recommend it enough it is a movie theater dining experience run by movie lovers and it's unlike anything i've ever kind of experienced before uh but i was working there for a while and i was actually about to be trained as a bartender COVID happened lost my job basically just spent the next couple months sitting in my apartment watching a bunch of movies and also kind of drinking a little bit um but when i think about like august rolled around i was like you know like i'm watching all these movies i'm not really doing anything i'm not using my degree that i paid thirty thousand dollars for uh so i should try to find a project that i can uh just basically take up my time and also learn a new skill. Something I love telling people about the martini shot is that I've never been a bartender. I've never studied really like how to make cocktails or anything like that outside of like my own research. 
so I found this to be a very interesting avenue to not only kind of do something creative in these really uncertain times, but also learn a new skill. And that's basically where the blog took off. Uh, I started doing little YouTube shows and now it's just slowly growing. Dude, that's awesome. You know, me and my art degree, you know, we faced a lot too. Maybe I should have gotten into mass communication. I mean, it's such it's such a broad uh, major kind of like business where it's like, yeah, yeah, like you're pretty much kind of covered. But then also you have to think about like, OK, where am I going to be? What avenues am I looking for work? I was in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina for two years uh, after I graduated. Not much of a film scene there. So I was pretty much just doing nothing with that. And I mean, I don't know, like. An art degree can be useful uh, in certain areas. Dude, I don't want to brag, but, like, can you draw a perfect circle? Because, like, what can I say? You know, me and my art degree over here. You know, the worst part about my COVID experience was I was – so I was a senior in college when this was all going down, and I was supposed to do my senior art show, and it was going to be a lot of fun because it was Mad Magazine-inspired. Nice. Um, This was honestly a little funny – I went back and I looked, and obviously I just came up with, like, really dumb serials and stuff. Like, I did a, uh, I did, like, a 1960s-inspired, like, cigarette poster, which was, like, oh, like, lung cancer in a cart. Yeah. Just being stupid, I made one that was called Battos, and it was, like, bat-flavored cereal. And I was, like, I submitted this in 2020, like, before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, wow. Talk about, like... Talk about, like, something, you know, a little, little, seeing into the future, maybe. Maybe I could have stopped that guy who ate that damn bat. You, there's just some way you are the catalyst, <laughs> and I don't want to put that on you. Now we're kind of getting out of that now, but. But, like, the worst part of it was, um, obviously, I love film, and I was going to do a short film, and, like, the school was going to fund it, and you get to use all their equipment, which is, like, the one pro, and, like, my professor is just such an amazing guy. He helped me define my script, and I had actors, because I was doing improv my senior year, and all of them were down, and, like, it was going to work out so perfect, and then March hit, boom, I'm out of school, I'm waiting three weeks, I get an email, and it just goes, hey... Uh, yeah, there's no way you can make this film. We can't grade you on anything. Congrats, you graduated college. And I'm like, okay, look, cool, I'm done with college. Wrong. I've graduated college with no, like, short film on anything. So, of course, I'm, like, applying for jobs, and people are like, do you have anything to show us? Uh, no, but I got this really cool script if you want to read it. I was going to shoot it, and then COVID happened. Have I told you about Battos, man? got to tell them about Battos. Like, I'm surprised I didn't get you hired just right off the bat. I know, man. So enough about COVID, because we're here to talk about, once again, $1 trillion movie of the year, Morbius. Morbius first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 101. He was created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. He was dubbed the Living Vampire, and he gained his powers by experimenting on himself to cure some disease that I already forgot what it was. AIDS. AIDS. He tried to cure... It was a, It was basically AIDS. Essentially. I mean, when you're talking about a blood disorder, like... It was AIDS. It, it, like, it was, especially in, like, the uh, decades, like, this character was, like, appearing where, like, I think AIDS kind of hysteria was still kind of around. People still thought you could maybe get it from kissing. 
Uh, so. yeah, Spider-Man 101, I would assume that's kind of close to the that's 80s. That's at least 80s, I think. Yeah, because I literally, I own, well, yeah, it probably, I'm thinking I own Spider-Man, I own one of the, like, super old Spider-Man. I own oh. Spider-Man, like, 56. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. And that's, like, at least peak 70s. Mm-hmm. So, no, that would totally make sense that this is, like, at least the 80s a little bit. So who knows? Maybe it's an underlying meaning for AIDS. I hope not. Yeah. Marvel, answer the question. Does Morbius have AIDS? Do, is, should, the should the movie be called Morbi AIDS? Morbi AIDS. That's what he has, and that's why he... That's why he so anyway, M- Michael Morbius tries to cure himself, but he accidentally becomes a vampire. We all saw the trailers all the way back in January 2020 for this movie. And this movie has definitely changed a lot, like a whole lot since then. Like the marketing has almost been all lies at this point. I went back, I went and saw Morbius today. That's how I know how fresh everything is. I woke up and I watched all the trailers and then I went and saw Morbius. And the like a couple of the big things are one, when that first Morbius trailer came out, everyone was trying to figure out if this was in the MCU because there was a huge graffiti wall of Spider-Man and it said murder on it. What had just happened in the latest Spider-Man movie before January 2020? Spider-Man was accused of killing Mysterio. And then, boom, who else was in that trailer? The Vulture. And like not one or like he was in one or two scenes and it made like it seemed like they were interacting maybe when he was in prison. We saw him in a jumpsuit. And then not to mention like Tyrese Gibson seemed like he had a somewhat bigger role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, going back to that graffiti, uh, the picture of Spider-Man that says murder across it. It's so this this had to be like kind of looked into just to be sure. But in the picture, it's Spider-Man in the Sam Raimi costume. Yeah, it's Tobey Maguire. That's what we all thought. But then it apparently is just a rip from the Spider-Man PlayStation game. No, it totally is. Yeah. And apparently, I also found this out like a day ago. Is it about the director? Not even. The director had no idea. He had no idea that they were even put that in. Did he not? So he didn't watch the trailer at all? I mean, if he's anything like me, I don't like watching anything that I make. Uh, so if he was just like, and especially if he already knew what a shit show this thing was going to turn out. Like explosive diarrhea. Yeah. He was just like, I'm going to just let it happen. I've got my paycheck and I'm just going to disassociate for the next two years until this thing freaking comes out. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of interviews with them. And I think one was literally like talking to him about how much hate Mobius is getting. And he goes, well, yeah, I have a lot of self-hatred too. And it's like, no, buddy, you got And you know what, man? Like, I'm sorry. Anyone who, like, is being like, oh, dude, I'm a huge Mobius fan, a Morbius fan. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. And truthfully, also, don't take this movie as an opportunity to, like, harass this guy. Because if, if we look at the past of how Sony has handled their movies, there's a lot of studio interference that goes in. Do I think, like, this would have been a great movie without that studio interference? Probably not. Uh, but I do know that it does seem like there's a lot of outside interference going on here, so you can't put the full blame on the Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have to understand that, like, directors try their best, but at the end of the day, the studio is going to mess it up if they want. Great example, 
Justice League. Mm -hmm. You know, Justice League, Josh Dis League, as it's now commonly known, 2017 theoretic, theoretical, the, the movie version, yes. movie, the one that was in movie theater the comes out. Color. The one with color comes out. I went and saw it, and you, you know, you watch it, and you're like, man, this is really like, why does this feel like a Marvel movie? And it's fine. You find out Zack Snyder has left. Josh Whedon came in to do all the reshoots, and he was basically just like you know, working for the studio. And then Zack Snyder came in and he got to do his version because, you know, studios are able to do that. They're able to be like, hey, you know, we don't like your product. We're going to change it so it can fit, you know, how we want to see it. And with M Morbius's release date changing so often, once again, guys, it was supposed to come out in July of 2020. Like, and then it got shuffled a lot. Um, I don't know a lot of the other ones, but I do know, like, before the April release, it was supposed to come out in January of 2022, which I'm just going to say it. What a bad time to change the, like, movie. Because think about it. Spider-Man No Way Home came out in December. Oh, my gosh. We're on a Spider-Man high. I just saw all my favorite Spider-Man and Spider-People in this movie. And then there's another Sony movie connected to Spider-Man loosely coming out in like a month later. I'd totally go see that. Yep. But then it got delayed and they moved it to April. And a lot of people were thinking, oh, dude, wait, wait, stop. Are they going to add Andrew? Are they going to add Garfield? Oh, he hates Mondays. But unfortunately, I uh, hate to be that guy. No, none of that happened. Apparently, they did it all so they can make sense of Vulture being in the movie, mm -hmm. which, uh -huh. you know, I'll get to at the end of this podcast. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. It really puts the entire movie in a perspective for you. It, it just shows you exactly what their intentions were, exactly what their plans are, and just makes, honestly, I might actually hate movies. I mean, not, to, I'm not like, I'm not going to go as far as being like, oh, dude, this ruins No Way Home, but this complicates No Way Home. I think this just ruins every movie that's ever been made now. Like, Morbius <laughs> somehow has leached its way into the 100 year history of. No, stop it! Stop it! it. Made me stop it! Everything. No, stop it! This is 100. This is 100% audience score. Morbius! It's the best movie ever! The Morbius Sweep. Don't listen to the critics. Don't listen to anyone. Don't listen to anyone who's seen the movie. Don't listen to anyone who hasn't seen the movie because they're all liars. Yeah, it's what the media wants you to believe. This movie is amazing. And, okay, honestly, I'm going to say this. I know Jared Leto is just a weird guy. Yeah. Like, he's very alternative rock. I'm going to use that as my... I mean, he's in 32nd of Mars. So yeah, 32nd of yeah. so. But, I mean, I felt like this was honestly a good, you know, the Joker thing didn't work out. No. I know he was pissed about that when they replaced him for oh, the for Joker sure. solo movie. For sure, and I, I think he has every right to be pissed about that. But the fact that they chose him and didn't think that he was going to commit to this role, like he committed to the Joker. Like, have you heard the stories about Jared Leto on the Suicide Squad set? Yeah, like, yeah, he uh, took on the role as an asshole. Uh, to prepare for the role, and he just sent a bunch of crappy gifts to his uh, co-workers, including, uh, I think there was, like, live rats, uh, condoms at one point. You, I think they were used condoms, could too. Could have been used condoms. I'm pretty sure Viola Davis's husband, like, threatened to kick his ass uh, if he kept doing that How? Stuff. How? <laughs> Will Smith. 
<laughs> Will Smith getting a used condom, like hand raised in the air, like, no, I must save my smack I'm for someone who. <laughs> like five years later, the time will come. I'm gonna use this on someone who really, really deserves it. Mm-hmm. Mm. People have been pissing off Will Smith for years, and the Oscars was just him letting out that frustration. My God. No, but like, so going back to Jared Leto committing, I, I was reading about it, and apparently, you know, at the beginning of this movie, Michael Morbius, he's not on his deathbed, but he's living with this disease that, I mean, could be a metaphor for AIDS. And so his character, like, crutches a lot of places. And apparently he was so committed to this role when he was playing that version of Michael Morbius, he would, like, on his bathroom breaks, crutch and go use the restroom. And, like, the bathroom breaks turned into, like, 40 minutes of just him walking. Did they have someone helping him on the toilet? Like... I don't, I don't know. All I know is that the director recently came out and he was like, yeah, we had to like give him a wheelchair. Like we had to go and wheelchair him to the bathroom because he was that committed. And you know, so, how, so hold on. how do you feel about just the general practice of method acting? Cause you've acted before. So like you have a little bit more insight than most. So, so you know, I did improv yes. and you know, when it was like, Someone would be like, hey, play an angry man. You know, I got into that role, but I didn't leave that night. Go back to my <laughs> apartment, sit alone in the dark, listen to Billy Joel's angry man and just go, I hate the world. You know, like I, you know, I acted a little bit. I think it was, and I love how like, here's a great example. Paul Dino, Dino from the Batman movie recently came out and he was like, oh, you know, like I'd wake up and I'd have nightmares about the Riddler. And then someone attached an article about when Jack Nicholson played the Joker, basically being like every day after work, he just went and played golf. That's all he wanted to do. And it's like, just like the Joker does. I like, I like method acting when it comes like Matthew McConaughey, when he commits to a role, it's great. Or Christian Bale, when he commits to a role. But I think Jared Leto over committing to Michael Morbius, the living vampire, like, yeah. come, I, that's a little too much. Especially considering the level of a performance we ended up seeing. Uh, because for me... Explosive diarrhea? Yes. But it's like, I wish it was explosive. This was like <laughs> laying in your bed, can't move, the poop is literally drizzling out of you, like, you can't move. You went to just, Applebee's, you got the you got the two for 20 apps, Yes, you are paying the price you're tonight. You're in a state of shock, you can do nothing about it. He just sleepwalks through this role. Like, there's barely any emotion. How can you say this about trillion dollar actor Jared Leto? Alright, I'm gonna come out, I'm gonna say this. Jared Leto has been in maybe five good movies. No, no, he's amazing! No. no. So, and like the thing with like the method acting is just like, not every role calls for it, obviously. And to do it for a lot of these roles where it's, you're literally just playing a character who was made up in a comic book like decades ago. You're not trying to capture like the essence of like a real life serial killer or like a corrupted politician. You're playing a guy who drinks blood. Um, and he has AIDS. So. And he has AIDS, which I mean, he was in Dallas Buyers Club, so he, he kind of gets that experience from that. But I don't I don't know. There's there's this one quote um, from, and I'm not going to say the actors' names because I don't want to embarrass myself and get it wrong because I'm I cannot remember their name. But this one actor for a film he was doing, 
was uh, staying up late at night because the character he was playing, I think, had narcolepsy or something. Mm -hmm. So he, like, couldn't sleep. And he was complaining to this more uh, seasoned actor about it. And he was just like, oh, man, like, this this no sleep thing is killing me. Like, I'm not sure if I will, like, be able to do the role and stuff like that. And the more seasoned actor said, my dear boy, have you tried acting? (laughs) Like, you don't have to. Oh, that sucks. You don't have to change your life for, like, all these roles, especially not Morbius. I can't believe you would say that about the, <laughs> the new Marvel legend. Oh, God, that that tagline hurt me the most, was they're, like, introducing a new Marvel legend. I'm just going to say it. Sony, Sony obviously wants what Marvel has. Obviously, they've come to negotiations where they have, like, Spider-Man in the MCU now, and they're still making tons of money from like the toy lines and all that Mm -hmm. but all these villain centric movies where they take a villain and they kind of make him a hero just doesn't work for me like I hate it like I think it's dumb and I I say that as a Spider-Man fan like I grew up loving Spider-Man like my first time I knew the only reason I know about Morbius is because I watched Spider-Man the animated series Mm -hmm. and he had like a seven episode arc except in that one he he was a vampire, but it was, you know, like, Fox Kids 90s, so he's just sucking plasma, plasma out of people. Which, like, I mean, you can donate plasma. It's kind of the same. I mean, it kind of works. It was, and it was smart. He didn't ever, and you know what? He never used his fangs. He had, he, yeah, 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 he had the, like, little suction things on his hands. Disgusting. That, I would, worse, I would much <laughs> rather have seen that seven-episode arc on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Than going and seeing Morbius yeah. again. Well, the thing that they seem afraid to do is, like, these are villains. Like, and you're trying to turn them into not even anti-heroes. Like, the whole conflict of being, like, a character that has to feast on blood. And, like, sometimes that means, like, he has to target innocent people. They don't delve into that at all. They, like, just tread the line of just, like, oh, we can't make him too dark and brooding and too complicated because we make movies for babies. I mean, I'm just really shocked. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just go the horror aspect with it? Like, dude, like just full, you know, like get your foot in the door. And it's kind of like with Venom Mm -hmm. when like Venom was apparently supposed to be like 10 times violent. Like I remember when Venom got first announced, we all thought it was going to have an R rating Mm -hmm. and then it got bumped down the PG 13. Yeah. I mean, I think Deadpool kind of spoiled us a little bit of assuming that, uh, studios feel comfortable releasing more r-rated movies because it's obvious if you're going to do a pg-13 movie you're going to sell way more tickets because your audience is much bigger yeah um but yeah and it's just like if you're going to go a horror route a lot of pg-13 horror movies don't really work too well like not saying you can't make a good pg-13 horror movie but like you kind of need that edge to kind of stand out among the pack and morbius really needed that edge to stand out among the pack and they just kind of neutered it there so speaking of like edges would you as a director ever just spoil your whole movie on twitter a whole week before it would come out because that's what this guy did look if people were dragging my product i've got my paycheck in the bank i'm ready to work on my next project then yes he he literally i remember seeing that and i thought it was like a joke Mm -hmm. But no, he went on and he just explained the whole movie. He explained the Vulture post-credit scene. But I mean, I think at that point, Sony realized, okay, we've pushed this movie back like five times now. We're not going to delay it anymore. There's nothing we can do. You know what? 
you can just go say whatever you want. Mention the post credit scene, so hopefully we have people going to see this. Like, this movie was doomed from the start. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, it, it's just... It, I, don't, I don't know what it is, really. It's either Sony not letting the people that they hire to make these movies make the vision that you hired them based on, or they're just kind of up their own ass and don't really know what quality is anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, the closest thing we have to quality coming out of Sony when it comes to, like, these Marvel properties is the Spider-Verse movies. But you can tell they have given Chris Miller and Phil Lord complete control. They made the movie they wanted to make. As and they look, should. And look what it's done. Like, everyone loves it. I think, like, those two, you know, I, I don't want to get off topic, Morbius, too much. Uh, first off, uh, the Mitchells first the machines were snubbed at the Oscars. True. Animation is not just for kids. Yep. Amy Schumer Amy Schumer should never be allowed to like freaking announce ever. No. Nope. No. You know she almost made an Alec Baldwin joke? I, yeah, I saw that and it's just like how do you have all those producers, all those studios, everyone in Hollywood t- telling you, "Hey, maybe don't make that joke, probably in bad taste." And then you just leak it yourself on Twitter. What do you think that was going to do for you? I, I just like how she she said she had to take time off. I don't know. This could easily just be, like, something. You know how Twitter is. Yeah. Twitter really says a lot of fake stuff. But, like, she said she was going to take time off of acting because of the slap. And then she goes, oh, yeah, by the way, um, here's this super offensive Alec Baldwin joke that I wasn't allowed to say live on air. Yeah. I just, yeah. Not, not to get too sidetracked because we still got to talk about best movie of the year morbius but yeah the whole oscars reaction to the will smith thing has been quite a ride just the people acting like he's killed 50 people it's nuts i can't believe sony didn't like take this chance to be like the next marvel legend is gonna be bigger than the smack at the oscars morbius is now in theaters this friday i'm surprised they didn't just remove all instances of slapping from morbius because it's so shocking that (laughs) just hollywood is just in shambles after this all right getting in the morbius real quick Uh, i didn't read the cast list at the beginning but i'm gonna read it right now jared leto stars as michael morbius matt smith stars as milo morbius Adria Arjona stars as Martina Bancroft, but I'm probably just going to refer to her as that girl or the love interest. Jared Harris um, is Dr. Emil Nicholson. That's just the dad figure. Tyrese Gibson is Simon Strood. That's the uh, guy who's chasing him. And then Michael Keaton is Adrian Toomes, the vulture. I literally did not bother to learn half the people's names. I'm no, I mean, it all just kind of blends together. The whole movie is, like, somehow a blur and also, like, feels like five hours. I mean, I've also never seen a movie where it opens with a man just capturing thousands of bats and then proceeding to enter the worst Marvel flashback scene of my life. I love how, like, the the Milo character... I don't even remember his original name. I think it was, like... Lucius or something. Lucius. Like, he walks in, and, like, literal, like, young Jared Leto, Michael Morbius is just like, that's a stupid name. You're Milo now. Because because the last kid who was here was named Milo, and the kid before that was Milo, and you're going to die. He, like, saves his life barely... And the guy's like, you're a real genius. You know what? You you put something into an outlet. Like, well done. Well done. You, I'm going to send you off to Xavier's Academy. I, I love how they had this show that Milo was weaker than 
freaking Michael, even though they both have the same thing. They're both dying. Like, obviously, they're both pretty weak. Yeah, it's like, that, like, Morbius is dying, but Milo, he's, like, super dying. They had, dude, in that whole flashback scene where he get, uh, Milo gets angry because he loses a letter from Michael, and it goes into a street, and some, like, kids find it, and they're like, haha, look at you, you have a letter. <laughs> you want the letter? Those, those Greeks, man. They're like, ah, oh, dude, we got to set this guy up to be, like, the bad guy. What are we going to do? Oh, let's have him punch this kid so we let's can show. Let's have him defend himself. Let's have him defend himself so we can show, ooh, there's some violence. There's some anger in him. Mm-hmm. And that worked, apparently. Fast forward, Michael Morbius is now, like, this world-renowned doctor. He captured all these bats so that he could try to cure himself. Um, they all must be pretty wealthy now because Milo is also living the life. They never go into what he does. He just has money. Yeah, he's offended the Russians that he has um, security now. And Dr. Daddy is still with them. And he's looked after them like they were his own sons, I guess. Mm -hmm. The funniest part about the opening to the movie, like the first 20 minutes, is we go back to the love interest girl. And she and, you know, Morbius clearly have, like, a little thing going on. And, like, he... She, like, comes in and she goes, not every doctor has a giant case of bats. No, no doctor has... How did he even get that approved? How did he even get that into the hospital? Yeah, like, he's definitely, like, holding them there in secret. But how he was able to get all of them in there and somehow keep them tucked away in this they, big, non-suspicious tube. They couldn't be like, oh, by the way, he works at a research facility. Like, the top... Re- they didn't say any of that. All you know is that he's about to win, like, a peace prize at the beginning, but he he turns it down because he doesn't like the Swedens too much. So he's racist, too, which is a very <laughs> odd turn for this character. It wasn't expected. Jared Leto's like, mm, hates, I got this. <laughs> he hates the Greeks, he hates the Swedes, and now he's a vampire. So, but he starts to find that cure... And he tested on the rat, and the rat, like, miraculously, like, lives a little bit. And he goes, oh, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to go to international waters. And then it just cuts to a boat on the ocean, and then, like, the words go, international water. My favorite ocean, international (laughs) water. Yeah, that, that stuff. Also, with the rat, like, so does the rat have the same blood disease as him? And if not, like... What was he hoping to find out in this? Okay, so once again, I only saw the movie once. No one could ever ask me to go see that movie again in mm-hmm. theaters. The, did we even check back in on the rat? Like, I don't think we did. Well, so he comes back to life, but, like, it would have been interesting to see maybe, like, oh, he, like, kills another rat in his cage and, like, drinks its blood or something. Be like, ooh, wow, that's suspenseful. Yeah, because we didn't even see that. I just felt like the stakes weren't really there. Like, him... Him and Milo the whole time are like, we're dying, we're dying, but it's not like... It's not, not dying like, fast enough, Yeah, it's obviously. not... Like, they couldn't be like, oh, you know what set up some real tension is, like, what if, you know, Morbius gets told, hey, dude, like, you're gonna die next week. Like, yeah. that would probably be a bigger incentive to go on international water and be like, dude, I gotta do this. Because he gets on... When you're there, I was watching it, and I was just like, are these really the stakes right now? Did he really just get on a boat to try this out? Like, because I remember he's like, he's like, we got to go on international waters. Yep. It's also just like you can tell just from the very rushed pacing. They're jumping into like three different timelines within like the first 15 minutes that they're just like, we need to hurry up, get to the part that everyone wants to see, which is Michael Keaton on screen for one minute. 
Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, no, so the experiment goes wrong, obviously. I mean, and I mean, I just didn't, I didn't even feel it. Like, he's not, like, shaking up and down or, like, screaming or anything. He's like, uh, yeah. uh. Like, have you ever seen that uh, freaking Jimmy Neutron episode where, like, Carl's like, oh, I couldn't have another, uh, one more. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the moans are, like, that soft. And then freaking love interest girl looks away, looks back, he's gone, and now he's transformed into a vampire. Yes. I will say the one thing I like about this movie is, like, the movements are cool. I love the, like, the little bit of special effects, even though, like, a lot of it is just slow motion. Like, he looks cool as shit when he's, like, flying and, like, rushing people. Yeah, for sure. And I, I did, and I don't know if it's um, fully CG or if it's prosthetics when he is actually, like, in full vampire mode. But I thought that stuff was pretty well done. However, I, I do think it's kind of dumb, and movies do this all the time. It's because they want to get the likeness of their lead actor in as much screen time as possible. But, like, he, the fact that he can go in between vampire mode and normal human mode just seems kind of lazy. Yeah, because, I mean, at least if I remember correctly from the animated Spider-Man series, that wasn't, that wasn't anything. Like, he, he was stuck like that. Like, he had cured himself, but, like, now he had to survive on blood. And, I mean, he was just built like a vampire. Yeah, he's a full-on vampire, but for whatever reason... They're just like, no, we, we got to show more Jared Leto face, more sleepy, drowsy Jared Leto face. Well, dude, and also, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, like, come for anyone who works at Sony, but, like, you couldn't, like, you couldn't make Matt Smith look a little less, like, buff, bro. Like, it's funny, you're, you see, like, the first time you see him and he's, like, getting, like, blood work on him in his, like, penthouse. And you can see the muscle. Like, you, you couldn't yeah, he, do... he's been lifting somehow. You, you couldn't do some, like, freaking Captain America, like, make him a little skinny looking. Nah, wasn't in the budget. All went to Michael Keaton. <laughs> went to Michael Keaton. Uh, Morbius obviously leaves the ship. The cops show up and, like, they find the girl and they're asking the girl questions. But <laughs> literally, Fast and Furious, Tyrese Gibson is just like, yo something doesn't add up. It's like, really, Tyrese? What? And I, I also like, and I know it's like, because like movies and stuff like that, but the amount of time they spend like either interrogating her or looking at the crime scene is like... Zero a, to nothing. A, a minute. They're just like, hey, you know Dr. Morbius? She's like, yeah. It's like, you know where he is? No. It's like, cool, thanks for your time. Well, I mean, but they like just the fact that like he they put it together like it had been like a day and they put it together also like during this day while the cops are like trying to figure out who it is Michael's like figuring out all his problems and all his powers and everything yep. um, luckily he's created fake blood so he doesn't have to drink real blood kind of a cop out Sony but whatever I, Again, I, like- I see what they're trying to do with him being a good guy but no, my favorite thing is Milo shows up mm-hmm. to check on his adopted brother and like he sees him and he goes, oh, you found a cure. You found a cure. And Morbius, and it's been like a day. He's like, no, it's a curse. It's a curse. Get out. Get out of here. It's a curse. It's been, it's been maybe like 12 hours. This is a curse. Yeah. And uh, so like we said earlier, like he has invented this artificial blood. And that's what he's drinking instead of, like, normal blood. But we never really, like, see, like, how it's made, how much effort it takes to make it, how much there even is. Like, this could maybe just be, like, what solves it. Like, he could just drink that for the rest of his life Mm -hmm. and just be set. 
and and I mean like the whole artificial blood like you said is a cop out thing like they could have just made it be that he had a he already had like pouches of actual blood mm-hmm. like in that same freezer storage as the artificial blood like he could have at least just drank that to like stave himself off of like having to drain it from like an actual person but I, I don't know it, like we said earlier it's just they're trying to be so toothless for a freaking vampire movie and like they they're so afraid of having this uh character have just the ounce of complexity that just makes him not a boring piece of wood like what we got dude literally i mean i didn't say it at the beginning one of my favorite movies actually two of my favorite movies of all time are vampire movies Freaking Tom Holland's Fright Night, not Spider-Man Tom Holland, Child's Play Tom Holland, and then The Lost Boys. And even in like the newest Morbius trailer, they used a rendition of a Lost Boys song. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, at least, you know, worst case scenario, we'll get a somewhat cool vampire movie. And I was just let down. Yeah. Going back to Morbius, though, uh, a nurse dies. She gets attacked. Uh, obviously, if, you know, you're not paying attention to the plot... We all knew it wasn't Morbius. Oh, who who could it be? Couldn't couldn't let him do at least one little bad thing. No, dude. And I'm trying to think like so obviously like obviously it's spoiler or it's Milo, but you're watching it and you're like when did Milo get a ch- like did he like just sneak back in and get the thing and take it himself? That I mean they didn't I, show it. They, I guess he must have cuz like they say like he like funds everything and he was like Mm-hmm. He, he's in the lab later on when the nurse comes, or not the nurse, but the love interest comes to get stuff, and um, he's just there. So, like, I guess he can let himself in, but, yeah, it, it is kind of just, like, weird how it's just, like, imme- like, it literally seems like five minutes later. We couldn't, like, just as he was getting kicked out by Michael, see, like, a hand just grab a vial real yeah, quick? Yeah, yoink it real quick. No, they needed to make you think for half a second that Michael was the one who killed the freaking doctor. So I keep saying Michael and I keep saying Morbius. I'm trying to say Michael because not only did little like bitch boy Milo change his name, he apparently also, I found out, I was checking the credits, he took on the last name Morbius too because they're like quote unquote brothers. And I'm just like, I hate that, man. And they don't even bring that up really in the movie. It's really just in like the credits. They say, they say once in the movie, like you're like, you're my brother. Like, but that's about it. I say that to the guy who delivers me, like, Grubhub. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's just such a weird uh, decision to do. I guess, like, if you want to make them seem closer than they actually are, because the character's apparently based off of, like, two different uh, comic book characters. Well, um, you know, you're stretching when you have to take a villain and turn him into a, a hero for a movie. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Morbius doesn't have the deepest lore because his lore is established in a whole other series lore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. Why'd they ever make this movie? Yeah, well, okay, so you know what's a really weird choice that I was like, as soon as I... The, the plus of seeing Morbius in, like, an empty theater was that I, like, I was taking notes throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie on my phone and I didn't have to worry about upsetting anyone. Yeah. No one's, like, really freaking out when he's using his vampire abilities. Like, when the cops go to bust him, he, like, uses his vampire abilities, like, to get up the, onto the roof. Also, are we not going to talk about that, like, Tyrese Gibson also got on that roof, coincidentally? Like, they oh, yeah. were, they were like, clearly they cut, like, a scene of him maybe using that bionic arm or special mm-hmm. ability. Yeah. But he got up on that roof super quick. And then he's getting interrogated. And once again, he, like, mid-transform steals the Hulk's catchphrase, like, 
you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And, like, the cops are like, yo, I think this dude might have a problem. It's like, no way, Tyrese Gibson, you think? Yeah, like, I don't know what this kind of version of New York is used to when it comes to, like, superhumans. The director says that a version of Spider-Man exists in this universe. We don't know if it's one that we've already seen or just one that hasn't been established. But, yeah, they, they just seem very unbothered that this guy was able to just jump up a hundred flights of stairs in a single bound. Maybe it's the 70s Spider-Man. It could be the 70s Spider-Man. The 70s Spider-Man no one talks about because Stan Lee hated him so much. Could be. Could be the Italian Spider-Man that Ooh. everyone loves but no one knows about. Isn't the Italian Spider-Man the evil one that fought Batman or something? Maybe. Go look this up. If you're listening to this podcast, um... I don't think it was Italian. Mexico, I know, made a movie where they literally had Batman and a Mexican wrestler go and fight Spider-Man. I, oh, my God. We're getting off track, but I had to mention that. <laughs> All Anything that we mention here is probably 100% better than Morbius. Don't go watch Morbius. Go, go look up Explosive Diarrhea after this. Yeah, on YouTube, 1080p. And then, my God, speaking of explosive diarrhea, oh, what? Matt Smith is the bad guy? I never saw that coming. I love the way that Morbius finds out that Milo is the bad guy because Milo goes to visit him, leaves, but he leaves his cane, and (laughs) Jared Leto's like, what? No, 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 no. He he can't walk with that. (gasps) No, no, no. It was so dumb. It's the pimp cane. Like, he left it behind. It's the calling card. Matt Smith carried this movie. I'm. He was at least my favorite part of this. He looked, at least looked like he was having somewhat of a good time. Uh, he is definitely the best part of it. And, I mean, he's, he's trying his hardest. He's still not given a lot of good material to really work with. But, um, yeah, I mean... He does what he can. Why why freaking Morbius is in jail. Milo has transformed into a vampire and he has like a one minute dance number in his room, just working out, dancing in his night. He looks, it literally looks like when they were just like deciding what his character was going to wear. They were like, Hey, remember when you were on Dr. Who? Yeah. Maybe, maybe we dress you like the 10th doctor, but also a little bit like your 11th doctor. Like, you know, you can wear a suit, but we're going to give you Nikes. Like, you know, to show that you're also young and cool and totally not about to turn 50. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, see, I I don't watch Doctor Who. uh, So I, my most recent uh, exposure to Matt Smith was uh, last night in Soho. Did he wear Nikes in that and do a cool little dance number? Uh, He definitely had a good little dance number with uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. No Nikes, though, because it was in the 50s, I think, and Nike wasn't around Lame. Was Jared Leto in the movie? Uh, He he was. He played this dying cat on the side of the road. Uh, He (laughs) fully immersed himself in the role, and honestly, it's the best thing. I heard heard to get in character for that dying cat, he watched Cats, the musical, on repeat and just made cat noises all night. Truthfully, Cats is a better movie than Morbius. Ooh, ah. Okay, well, that's from, that. <laughs> from, from, from an actual like like thematic standpoint, probably not. From an enjoyment standpoint, hell yeah. I saw that movie at the Alamo Draft House with a bunch of people who were incredibly drunk and they were all just yelling and laughing and just having a very good I time. I think the biggest mistake I made was not getting drunk and going and seeing this movie. It's just, but it's also just like, it's not a movie that it can be amplified just because you're drunk. It's just like, it's so boring, it's so dry, so sterile. They tried to get you to get more amped up with the freaking Matt Smith dance scene. Yeah. Also, what was the point, there's a scene where like Milo goes to a bar 
And like this is what I, I I definitely know this was edited. He goes to a bar, he tries to flirt with a girl. The girl's boyfriend is like, "Oh, you better back off." And he like just kind of like gets his shit kicked and that's it. Yeah. I clearly think they probably cut a scene of like those people getting their fucking asses well, eaten. Well, while they do get killed, you, we just don't get to see it. Oh, dude, that's right. There was a news report. Like, dude, what yeah. a cop out, man. But it's also just like, yeah, like he just how he sh- he literally just rolled through a subway with Michael and like tons of people saw. So, he, you know, he's not trying to be like subtle about his powers. He, he <laughs> seems like someone who definitely would have made a scene. Like, Morbius, Morbius, after breaking out of that prison by drinking that fucking blood, goes like, I, I got to stop you. And then he just runs away. Yeah. Freaking Matt Smith's like, where are you going? What are you going to do? And then he's like, like I thought we were doing this. And he's like, no, we still got 40 minutes of the movie left. We're not at the climax yet. Sorry, I got to I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, I got to go wheelchair to the bathroom. So while literally, like, Morbius is having a little sexy time with the doctor and, like, trying to invent a cure, Matt Smith is just being a pimp, goes out, starts murdering tons of people. But they're still like, man, wait a minute. Is Morbius doing this? And then they're like, wait a minute. What if it's a Morbius copycat killer? Yeah. When I saw the Daily Bugle magazine, the fact that the cops leaked all this video to like yeah. the media, I was like, what is this? What? Like this is uh like you have a curfew implemented because of these murders and you're just going to be like, oh yeah, here is all the information we found so far. Like I get like keeping the public informed, but like the police would never do. I don't know, man. This movie would be a lot cooler with Spider-Man in it. That's all I'm going to say. The the fact that, like, also, the the sheer fact that this is obviously not the Raimi universe, and it's not the MCU, and that just leaves us with one Spider-Man, oh, I hate that. I yeah. want I want Andrew Garfield to show up and just smack the ever-loving crap out of Morbius at this point, because I was, like, sitting there, and, like, obviously I wasn't going to do it. I had to watch the movie, but I was like, God, I could get up and leave. Yeah. What am I doing? Matt Smith... Just murdered Dr. Daddy for no reason because he guesses that he's not the favorite. Yeah, and did you care? No. Yeah. Like, I, he, he's probably the best, like, act, the guy who plays uh, the Daddy Doctor. I've seen him in a couple other things. He's probably the best actor out of everyone who's involved here. But they really don't give him anything to do. Even in the trailers, they tried to, like, kind of, they almost made him seem like an Alfred type. Uh, where, like, he was, like, kind of mentoring, like, Morbius a little. And, like, he's really only in the movie for five minutes. Also doesn't age a day uh, when, um, like, Morbius and Milo are now clearly, like, 30, 40 years older. And this guy's still kicking. I like, well, well, and both of those actors are, like, in their 50s now. Jared Leto's a real-life vampire. which I, He like, does look young. He looks the exact same I'll as say he did in, like, uh, American Psycho. I will say this. Jared Leto is cut, man. Jared Leto could probably beat my ass. He could probably take on Ezra Miller to see who could be the better fighter. Just a drunken, disorderly slap fest in Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. (laughs) But no, dude, I didn't care. I didn't care when Dr. Daddy got killed. I didn't even care when Love Interest got kidnapped. Mm -hmm. And then once again, like where Tyrese Gibson at this point in the movie isn't even really like essential. I think like the last time we see him is literally, like, when they're like, oh, dude, I don't know if it's Michael Morbius anymore who are doing this. I think we see him maybe a little at the end. But, no, Love Interest gets kidnapped. Morbius had, like, found this cure. But, of course, Love Interest gets killed. 
the oh my god dude that scene where like he goes to kiss her and she bites his lip and like there's blood flowing in her mouth i was like ugh. and then like he like bites her neck and like tries to revive her that way and i was just like oh guys couldn't we just leave it at like the bite lip haven't you like caused me enough trauma for today that would have been fine and also like so i guess they established that these are kind of like traditional vampire rules you get bit you become a vampire i would have thought it'd be more interesting if they just kind of left it with the like little love bite mm-hmm. and she turns into a vampire just that's what i was thinking there. like i thought that was a way i thought i was like watching that i'm like oh okay i can get behind like her transforming if like she like digests the oh no he bit her yeah okay yeah in case, lame like all the dumb babies who were watching it didn't understand what would happen so they're like all right we gotta like have him legit just bite her on the neck you've seen it before you know what happens now no surprises here. What kind of sucks is like we get to the uh, we get to the finale of the movie and Matt Smith is just kicking Morbius's ass and you're you're kind of about it. Like I've watched this whole movie and the only person I've enjoyed seeing is Milo the whole time. Like Milo's all about it. Milo's doing a little dancey dance. He's in his Nikes and his suit. He's just like, you gave up everything, but I took it all back for us. I killed our dad. I killed the woman you were about to bang. You should be thanking me. I, I don't know where Tyrese... Why are you mad? I don't know where Tyrese Gibson is, but um, he's not going to bog bug us anymore. Yeah. And then just gets to the dumbest moment of all is like Morbius can control bats now mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah, I guess they, what's... They, they make mention that like he has a connection to them, which I mean, they don't really divulge into that too much and i would have to assume that like milo would also have a connection too because like he has the same serum and stuff i just i don't know (laughs) i just this this climactic fight was maybe two minutes long also yeah it was not that long and then like he kills him in like the most anticlimactic way ever like he just stabs him and then like you're like his his last couple words are like oh michael what have I done? I'm sorry. And Morbius is like, shh, 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 shh. It's okay. I forgive you for killing the girl I was about to bang. Yeah. And that's literally the end of the movie. It cuts to the girl, love interest, is now a vampire. Uh, too bad we're never going to see her again because there's no way we'll ever get a Morbius 2. We can only... Well, so there might still be a future for Morbius. And this kind of goes into uh, the post credit scenes, which I think, at least for me, were surprisingly probably my least favorite part of the movie. Okay, so let's go into... We're, let's jump over to Spider-Man No Way Home real quick. So Spider-Way, Spider-Man No Way Home establishes that Peter Parker has erased Peter Parker from everyone's memory. That means that any villain from another universe that was sent to the MCU has to leave now because no one can know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. So in what world does that spell send Adrian Toomes to the freaking Venomverse? Like, that doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It completely just paints a big old plot hole in the middle of what Marvel was doing. And it's it's really just because it doesn't seem like, like the MCU Marvel, Marvel Studios and Sony just do not communicate on how this stuff is going to work, where they are going. Marvel knows where they're going. Sony, they change their uh, plans, like, on a daily whim, it seems. Like, they don't know exactly what they're trying to do. They are just trying to push out as much 
recognizable, recognizable air quotes. No one knows what Morbius is. But they're just trying to put out as much content as possible and just hope that they strike gold at least once. Well, that's what... And so, during No Way Home, I was wondering, oh, dude, there's five villains. Why don't you throw in Vulture to have a Sinister Six? Uh-huh. But he was on another Earth. Once again, how does that spell work? Yeah. It, it, like, it, Nothing yeah. makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Does this mean... Like, does this also mean Mysterios over in the Venomverse? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the spell... This makes me think that Marvel didn't communicate well enough about how the spell works or, like, how everything was going to happen. But I mean, once again, it, once again, I don't blame Marvel. Yeah. But I'm, I, it, I feel like they explained it fairly well in No Way Home. I mean, if anyone from Sony would have just watched that movie and then been like, okay, that doesn't line up, then they could have made that change. So with that being said, Adrian Toomes is sent to the Morbius Venomverse. He ends up in jail. He gets released because he's just in an empty jail, and they're like, "Oh, well, we don't, we don't know how this guy got here." And then in another post-credit scene, uh, Vulture shows up talking to Morbius, being like, "I don't know how it got here, but I think Spider-Man's involved. I think a couple of guys." like us could hang out do some good and morbius is like oh yes i can come back for a franchise he says verbatim ah yes we should form a sinister six and then it cuts to black i like how they're like oh well you know this is he had to go get a different vulture suit this isn't exactly the same one and like to be fair it's not and the only way that that could even be remotely, like, the same is that, like, maybe he stole the Vulture suit from the ending of Amazing Spider-Man 2 and did some modifications. I don't know. He's a ref- he's a resourceful guy, is what the director said. It's just very weird that it would go, like, I mean, if you saw, like, the Vulture wings at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2 and then see what he's working with here, it's completely different. And, yeah, it is, like, a different suit but, like, it still looks like Chitari tech, like mm-hmm. how he has in there. And the fact that he was able to build that, like, I mean, I don't know how much time has passed in between these two end credit scenes. Enough that, like, Michael Morbius now has, like, a Ferrari or something. Yeah, he's just driving that around. He goes out to just an abandoned complex, and then we have a stunt double with Michael Keaton's voice coming out of it. You don't even see Michael Keaton's face in the next one, which is so weird. And you definitely know this is like, this This is the top secret scene they had the film after Spider-Man No Way Home came out. Mm-hmm. To even like, make those movies work. Which once again, like, from what it seemed like, they were gonna, when the, when the trailer came out, you thought, oh, this is in the MCU. But then there was also a shot of Oscorp that didn't make it into the movie. Mm-hmm. Make you thinking, oh, well, no, because there's no Oscorp yet in the MCU. I don't even think they had a plan for Vulture. I think they were just going to, like, kind of go out on a limb. Why? My personal take is they should have just had this be an alternate version of Adrian Toomes, Mm -hmm. who is just kind of in the movie. Yeah, yeah, we could have bought that. I could have totally bought that, especially, you know, with the whole, like, oh, hey, there are alternate Earths big thing going like with every single mcu property going on right now is multiverse is real man yeah yeah and like i said here in the beginning of the podcast this these end credit scenes really just kind of puts everything in perspective what they're trying to do they're not trying to really make entertaining movies they're really not trying to make coherent cinematic universes 
They're just trying to make money, and they're trying to basically cash in on characters and actors that you know and like and just throw them in there without any rhyme or reason and just hope that you clap enough that you'll go and see the next one. Yeah, because I know I was reading about... So obviously the next big Sony villain hero movie is going to be Craven with uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Mm -hmm. And first off... I'm not even excited for that. I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I also yeah. like that apparently the whole reason he got this role is because he was so good in the upcoming Brad Pitt movie, Bullet, Bullet Train, Train yeah. which looks amazing. Looks but I just don't like I just don't care cuz I don't want to see these villain movies anymore. I want to see like Spider-Man going against Craven. I want to see yeah. Spider-Man Spider-Man going against Morbius would have been a super fun movie. Yeah. Put that like put the release date during October. Call it Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Home vampire. I don't yeah. care. Like, give me something fun to be. And then Jared Leto came out, and he goes, "I think the next step for Morbius is to team up with the MCU, like Morbius and Iron Man." Robert Downey Jr. I was like, Jared Leto, what are they paying that? Like, what go are they? Go back do- to your cult island that <laughs> you're resting on, and just just go, just go away. Like, you have no idea what the world is like right now outside of your dumb little island. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. If you could change one thing to fix this movie, what would you do? I wouldn't release it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, for me, I think a couple of things could have been changed to just fix it. One, give Michael Morbius a whole reason to like take the drug. Like I was saying, like mm-hmm. there was no buildup. Like, yeah, I mean, he's dying, but like he's fine. Two, like, I don't know, maybe space it out a little bit. I'm not saying, like, you know, like, give it a whole, like, month before he figures stuff out. But, like, one day of just experimenting. Yeah. And then three, oh, my gosh, give Tyrese Gibson his bionic arm back. His, literally, I got to read yeah. this, grow. Oh, yeah, dude, in the movie, Tyrese Gibson mentions the fake blood saving his arm and that his character was supposed to have high-tech weapon great arm. But that never happened. But he just got up those stairs really fast somehow. 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 I guess, like, okay, so my non-joke answer for how I would fix this. Um, I really think, like, if you're going to have a character like this, he has to be morally complicated. He's someone who has to feast on blood to survive. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not he does that on innocent people or people who he thinks are, like, not innocent, so that makes him kind of, like, judge-jury-executioner, that's interesting. Like, that adds a little bit of an edge to this character that doesn't just make him this sterile, just one note. Like, the, the whole fake out was just like, oh, did he kill that nurse? Like, no. You know he didn't. Because they're not going to make this character any darker than they want to. If they would have just given him a something that just made him stand out among all these other characters that Sony are trying to make these solo films on. Like, he's a villain. Like, let him do some villainous stuff. Just the fact that he's a vampire doesn't make him a villain. Like, you've pretty much just shown that he's just a good guy that just had some misfortune happen to him. Cool, but there's a lot of different interesting things they could have done with that to make him a little... Give him a little bit more depth. It's kind of like in Venom with Eddie Brock. Like, Eddie Brock's whole origin from the comics is, like, he not only hates spider-man he despises peter parker because peter parker has taken his job and peter parker is overshadowing him and like Mm -hmm. eddie's struggling to pay rent and all this stuff and parker won't give him a break and then when you strip peter parker from the formula the venom movies just feel like a little shallow you know i still love freaking the guy who plays venom tom hardy tom hardy yeah tom hardy's great 
And I mean, it just kind of goes back to that age-old adage is that a superhero is only as good as his rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for the inverse of that. You can't really have these villains stand on their own unless they have a compelling hero to fight. And these compelling lookalikes, like, or these uncompelling uh, lookalikes, like Riot in the Venom movie, and now uh, Milo in here, like, they're not interesting enough of characters to kind of elevate the character of Morbius or Venom. And I'll say it, Matt Smith, you're a fantastic dancer, but you could not save this movie. This movie is, it's kind of like, imagine if DC was like, all right, we're going to make a Joker movie, but we got to kind of make him a hero. And his half-brother becomes uh, the clown prince. And, oh, he's a little evil and he's a little funny. But our Joker, you know, he's the good guy now. Like, yeah, sure, he has a complicated past. Killed some people, but he's a hero. So he kills clown prince and then, you know, like, haha, he teams up with Dr. Freeze. <laughs> so. God. Uh, man, I, I, I used to think DC was the most clueless, like, superhero, like, uh cinematic universe working right now but sony's really giving them a run for their money uh sony please stop ruining my favorite character's history that's all i ask of you I- i'm gonna still go see the movies yeah which... i mean we both paid to see this movie but this is us telling you don't go see don't give them your money we we did this for you so you could have an informed opinion and i mean i mean we're just two idiots sitting in a bedroom recording this but i think you can basically take what we said and kind of infer for yourself this isn't a movie that deserves your money. Maybe catch it when it lands on whatever streaming service in six months, but don't give Sony your money. So uh, can you give the audience a little sneak peek of your upcoming uh, martini shot You know, yeah, when it comes yeah. to this? Um, yeah, so I am working on a review for this. Hopefully I'll have it um, out this next week. Um, I don't know exactly what all it's going to be, but I do have the concept down. It's going to be based off of the uh, fake blood. Okay. Makes. And I've actually bought these um, blood pouches oh. uh, that you can put, like, drinks in them and stuff. Oh, so, dude, that's rad. Yeah, so I'm going to make this uh, blue cocktail. Uh, I guess, like, my idea behind it is because it's artificial blood, it might taste like blood even though it doesn't look like it. So I'm going to try to lean into some red flavors that you would think, like cherry, raspberry, but still have it be, like, blue. So it kind of drives home that it's like blood, but it's not. Ooh, and you you sometimes do um, like kids drinks too. I do, yeah. When I do kids movies, yeah, I, I've been trying to do uh, some more mocktails just so people can kind of who don't drink or if their kids want to kind of get in on the fun, they can do that. I did that with turning. Red can I can I pitch you a mocktail? Yeah, sure. Um, so the new Cheaper by the Dozen movie just came out. Okay. Uh, not good. Yeah. Uh, shit on my childhood. Yes. It's fine. I'm not angry, at Disney, but. You know, uh, here's my idea. You know, have you ever heard of, like, a plantation oyster? Yeah, you know, cure cure hangover. Oh, so, you mean a prairie oyster. Prairie oyster, prairie oyster. that's what I yes, meant. Yes, uh, Made popular by several things. I know it a lot from Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Here's my pitch. Yes. The cheaper by the dozen prairie oyster. That's 12 eggs, hot sauce, and anyone can drink it. I think it's perfect. I think, you know, a lot of people want it. I think it will give you explosive diarrhea, just how I felt watching Morbius. So so that that has given me an idea because you've been very nice to let me come on your show here. Uh, and I definitely want to integrate you into an episode of the Martini Shot in the future. Um, now I might have to go watch Cheaper by the Dozen, and we might have to do some type of roundtable discussion, kind of like what we're doing here. But we're going to have 12 
of those uh, crews <laughs> is lined up. And after every couple minutes, we're going to have to take another one. And just by the end, we're either just incredibly drunk, pooping our pants, or just dead on the floor. But I think that would be good content. Dude, I wanted to hit you up as soon as uh, Cowboy Bebop came out. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, the prayer... Uh, did you watch the live-action Cowboy Bebop? I, I've held off because I'm, I'm, I haven't finished the original Cowboy Bebop series. And just from what I've seen, it's so good. And before I even can like make a complete judgment call on what I think of the series as a whole, I don't want anything to kind of impede on that. So I've held off from watching that series... I'm sad that it's gotten the reception it has, and I guess it's not of up to quality because I like John Cho. Oh, dude, I love John Cho. Actually, it's funny you say that. I literally have John Cho's new book right next to me, Troublemaker. Oh, yeah. Dude, I did the pre-order, and if you pre-ordered it, you got an autograph from John Cho in it. Hell, yeah. And, like like I said, I love John Cho. I love Mustafar, who played Mm. Jet. Um, The girl who played Faye Valentine was really good, but, like, oh, my God. it, It pains me to say, like, the Cowboy Netflix adaption is the Morbius kind of adaption. Not fully. I still liked it. I still really enjoyed it. I'm a little upset that they weren't able to just expand the story. Netflix canceled it really quickly. Yeah. You can at least tell that there was some passionate people. Behind. What's crazy about it is Netflix announced it got canceled, but now it has it has a comic book coming out because the comic mm-hmm. book was commissioned way before the show yeah. was coming out. So like this final comic book run has been really, like, really great. Yeah. It's, like, you know, not to say, like, you know, I wish more properties could pull more from the original source material when adapting things. Oh, come on, Morbius, work with me, man. Have you ever read a Morbius comic? I know he's had some single runs. So I'm going to be honest. Like I said, a huge Spider-Man fan. I grew up with dyslexia, and my mom, who's just a saint, used to take me to a comic book store over near a Johnny's Pizza we went to in all the time. Uh, yeah, dude, it was called Batters Up, apparently. Yep. I just found Batters that. Up. I used to buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards from there. Dude, yeah, man. Like, I found that out the other day because I, I went to a collectible store and they told me the name. I was like, wait, that place was called Batters Up? Mm-hmm. I just thought it was called Comics. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love Spider-Man. And I've read a couple. I read a recent issue with Morbius mm-hmm. going against Spider-Man's clone, Ben Riley. Yeah, yeah. And then, but I'm going to be honest, no, uh, I mostly know Morbius from Spider-Man, the animated series. I had a, I had a Morbius action figure when I was a kid. I did too, yeah. Um, definitely my Spider-Man dunked on that bitch all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And I think Morbius could have been a very exciting character to explore. But I think when you, you can't, like, it's like the Joker joke I do. You can't take someone like the Joker and be like, well, what's strip him away? Now, Morbius is a tragic character. Like, he's a guy who's trying to do good who gets transformed into a vampire. But it takes a hero to turn him back to kind of normal. So when you strip away Spider-Man, you're taking away, like, a huge part of this character. And you replace him with Tyrese Gibson and a bionicle arm that doesn't work, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I mean, like, there, there's no moral complications here morbius was a good guy before he became a vampire and he remained a good guy throughout the whole thing there was no real conflict in that and yeah 
really dropped the ball there, Sonny. Literally. Well, guys, that's unfortunately all I have left to talk about Morbius. Uh, once again, I want to thank Brandon for coming on. Uh, go check out the Hit Network on YouTube. Go check out the Martini Shot on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, Brandon also hosts this thing on the Hit Network, which it's like a trivia shot show. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, yeah. So on the Hit Network, the company that's been nice enough to house the Martini Shot as of late, um, I do a show on their main channel called Battle Shots. It is a trivia game mixed with uh, the old board game Battleship mixed with kind of a drinking game. So it's basically I ask two people uh, different questions. They get it right. They get to try to guess where one of the shots in place of a battle shot or a battleship is sitting on their opponent's board. If they hit, their opponent has to drink it. The only caveat is is that all these shots are disgusting, crazy concoctions that I have my coworkers come up with on the spot. Uh, it's very gross, but a lot of fun. Definitely check that out. I'm very proud of those. I edit those. They're a monster to edit. They take me like four days. So please watch it so it doesn't seem like my work is just going now I want you to know, me and my staff, we have volunteered. We are ready. Come up with like a movie trivia or like you know, throw in some pop culture. Me, Chase, Sean, Allison will not go near that, but mm-hmm. the other two, we're ready. We're ready to compete. Yeah, I would definitely love to have you guys on. I would definitely probably put that one on uh, the Martini Shot show since it's like movie centric. I think that'd be great for uh, the, both of our channels. So. Yeah, dude, you know, obviously, I can't wait to have you back. It's upsetting it's taken us this long to get close, but I'm excited for more adventures with you, man. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you for inviting me on. I love being on here, and I like listening to the show, and I can't wait to be back on again. (sighs) So with that being said, my name is Jacob Daniel. And I'm uh, the Martini Shot Guy. And don't go see Morbius, please. It's It's not worth the Morbius sweep. Go see the Northman when it comes out in two weeks. Or go see The Lost City. I saw it with or, my mom. It was the, really good. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 this weekend. Sonic the Sonic.